Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Central Wired podcast, and thanks for listening in. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week at centralwired.com or on Facebook and Instagram. We hope this week's message meets you right where you're at. Enjoy. everybody happy resurrection weekend everybody listen if there's a such thing as a super bowl for the followers of christ this is it this is the weekend where we commemorate and celebrate the death the burial and the resurrection of jesus and this is this is your first time your first time in a long time we are so humbled that you chose to spend some time with us worshiping with us this weekend for such a special and significant time is this. If you're new to our church, you caught us right at the beginning of a brand new series called Stories of Hope. And as you've heard CJ and Isaac and Raquel share their story, CJ, of what his life was like before he knew Jesus, and Isaac and Raquel sharing how they walked through the devastating loss of their unborn child while they were in relationship with Jesus, you may be able to identify with those stories on some level. And some of you, if you're visiting with us today and you're new to Christianity, may be wondering, well, Pastor Ray, uh, where's God in all those scenarios described by C.J. Isaac and Raquel? As a matter of fact, where's God in in my circumstance that I'm dealing with right now? Can I say to you, if that's you today, uh, we don't have a savior in Jesus who is disinterested in our pain. We don't have a Jesus that is disconnected from our hurt and our problems. But on the contrary, Jesus, unlike any other, can identify with our hurt, our pain, and our problems. In fact, if I could say it this way, wherever you may be all over the world and whatever you may be going through, Jesus sees us, he feels us, and he cares about us. You may be wondering, well, how does the creator of the entire universe, uh, how is he able to identify with me? Well, Hebrews chapter four, Verse 14 says it like this. It says, so then, since we have a great high priest who entered into heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. Verse 15 says, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings as we do. Another version says it like this. One who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. And some of you were trekking with me until I got to that part to where I, I said he, he, he did not sin because you like, well, Ray, I, I don't get the connection. I sin 80 times a day, every day. Jesus never sinned one day, one time in his life. Just just hang with me. It's going to make sense in a minute. Let me give you another verse of Philippians chapter two says you, we must have the same attitude as Christ Jesus had, though he was God. He did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privilege and took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. What these passages both teach us, everybody, is that Jesus was both fully man and also fully God. Fully man in the fact that the scriptures say he took the humble position of a slave. He was born as a human being, was tempted in every way, just as we are, but yet he was also fully God, as scripture is teaching. Though he was God, he did not think of equality God as something to cling to. And the Bible says that he did not sin. And just for a moment, um, have you ever really meditated and thought about what that must have been like for Jesus while he was here? I mean, that dichotomy of being fully man and fully God, what that must have been like for him growing up as a kid, 
as a youth and as a young 20 year old something. I mean, you a kid, right? And you never do anything wrong because you got to. So you perfect. Now think about you thought you had sibling rivalry growing up in your family. Think about what that must have been like for Jesus and his brothers and sisters. I mean, when you a kid, who wanted to play with Jesus? I mean, he beat you at everything, right? You want to race? He's always just a little bit faster. You want to arm wrestle? He's always just a little bit stronger. Video games? He's always just a little bit better. Right? Basketball? He perfect, so he never miss a jump shot. And Steph Curry ain't got nothing on Jesus' jumper. You feel me? I mean, hide and seek? Who want to play hide and seek with Jesus? I mean, he God. You can't hide nothing from God. You think you finally got the, the perfect hiding place. Oh, Jesus will never find me here, right? Jesus show up. Found you. You're like, oh, dang. You can't never be hide from Jesus, right? You in high school. You know, they did have high school back in Jesus' day. You perfect, so you get straight A's. <laughs> you the kid in class who always know the right answer. Teacher step up in the middle of the class and be like, uh, students, uh, who can tell me what the square root of 20,736 is? All the kids in the class like, Jesus, he know. And he don't never get nothing wrong, right? Is this making sense, everybody? Right? And after a while, if, if you're labeled that guy, who want to hang out with you? Who wants to invite you to their house for their birthday party? Or who's accepting your invitation to yours? I mean, who wants to be your friend when you're the know-it-all kid in class that's honest to a fault and always does everything by the book? I can imagine there probably were kids and young adults who were even bold enough to bust Jesus out and call him out in front of all of his peers. You know how people can be really mean sometimes when they're unhappy with their own lives, they project their fears, their unhappiness, and their self-esteem issues on you. I wish I had some real people. Anybody know what I'm talking about today, right? And I would imagine that level of rejection was heartbreaking for Jesus because all the while he's saying to himself, yeah, but I love you. And the whole reason I'm here, the whole reason I live my life the way I live it and I do the things like I'm doing them is because you need it a perfect substitute for the sin problem that you have. You need the perfect lamb of God without spot or blemish to pay the price of sin that you couldn't pay. But he couldn't tell him that because as a kid, a youth and a 20 something, uh, his ministry had not yet begun. He was already the outcast kid. I mean, if he talked about, well, I'm doing this because I'm the son of God, he'd really be an outcast then. They think he's crazy, right? I would imagine he probably even felt like an outcast in his own family at some times, the folks that he was closest to and supposedly cared for him the most. So imagine everybody having to keep all of that inside for all of those years, being misunderstood, talked about, unjustly mistreated and rejected by those that he cared about the most. How lonely that must have been for Jesus. And listen, I'm just scratching the surface of what Jesus must have endured before his ministry began. And, and I wonder, just like Jesus growing up and just like CJ, Isaac and Raquel's story, I wonder if there's anybody watching today who you know what it's like to feel lonely, alone, heartbroken, misunderstood, mistreated, rejected. Can I assure you today that we have a great high priest in heaven in Jesus? who understands what that's like. He humbled himself, though fully God, allowed himself to be born as a human being just so he could understand our hurt, just so he could understand our pain.
And that's why I can say with an absolute certainty today that wherever you may be all over the world and whatever you may be going through, Jesus sees us. He feels us and he cares about us. He cared enough to humble himself so that we could connect with him and he could connect with us. But most importantly, he humbled himself so that he could offer us the hope of what he knew we needed the most. Matthew 28 says that after the Sabbath, at the beginning of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary uh, went to the tomb where they buried Jesus. And as they showed up, an angel literally came down from heaven, sat on the tomb and rolled the stone away where Jesus was buried. Now, the guards that were there guarding Jesus' body, when they saw the angel shook violently, and the Bible says they literally fell down like dead men. And as the ladies we're looking at this angel with awe and wonder. The angel said to the ladies, hey, fear not, because I know why you're here. You're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just like he said he would. Come on, see the place where he lay. And then I want you to run quickly and go tell his disciples that the Lord Jesus is risen. And so as the ladies were hurriedly on their way to go and find the disciples. The Bible says in, in Matthew 28 verse 9 that Jesus literally shows up uh, to the ladies and says to the ladies, sup girls. It's in the Bible. Matthew 28, it's in the Bible. That's what he said. Yeah. And, and the Bible says that when the ladies saw Jesus, they literally fell to their feet, grabbed his feet and worshiped him. Somebody say hope. Yeah, I love what 1 Peter chapter 1 says, 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who in his great mercy has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Come on, somebody say hope. That word hope, everybody, in the Greek literally means to have an expectation. And what this text is teaching us, everybody, is that because of what Jesus did, lived a perfect, sinless life that we couldn't have lived, uh, died and paid the price for sin that we couldn't pay and rose again on the third day, we now have, everybody, a living hope. We have literally a living expectation that if we will receive it, if we will receive this gift of salvation that Jesus is offering us, then we can have an unquestionable, realistic expectation that Jesus is now with us. That means whether times are good or times are bad. That means whether we're in a season of happiness and laughter or a season of pain and crying, that he is with us. That means that whether we're experiencing life as, we, as we've always known it or whether we find ourselves in the middle of a global pandemic, Jesus is with us. And so when we know that to be true, we can live our lives with a different level of faith in the midst of trials and trauma. Because just like CJ talked about, whether he would have remained locked up or released from prison, he knew God had a plan for his life. And just like Isaac and Raquel, shared that whether or not their second pregnancy would end up like their first one did, they could now trust that the Lord was with them. Because of their hope, their expectation that Jesus is with them now, and when we all leave here one day, we can have the expectation that we will spend eternity 
with Jesus in heaven where there will be no more crying. There will be no more dying. There will be no more suffering. There will be no more pain. I need somebody to say hope. And everybody, just as Jesus is, even right now, presenting this living hope to us, I believe he has a present hope for us. And I believe his hope for many of us today, his hope for those of us, if this is your first time or your first time in a long time being in church or hanging out with a church of, of any kind, maybe you're here and you got a friend or a family member, a coworker who literally wore you out with their phone calls and their emails, their social media posts and their DMs and text messages imploring you to hang out at church with them this weekend. And the only reason you hanging out with us today is literally get them off your back. Or maybe you're here and you're a seeker who's just curious about this person of Jesus. And you've been hanging out for a little bit kind of on the fringes, but you haven't quite dove all the way in with Jesus. I believe Jesus' hope for us this resurrection weekend is that we would not just hear the amazing stories from CJ, Isaac, and Raquel, that we would not hear the awesome testimony of our lead pastor, Dave Clark, that we would not just hear the gospel that we've all been trying to share with you today and run away from Jesus. You know, when I was a kid, I used to love to play that game, It. You know, and I know a lot of people when they were kids, they didn't like to be it. But I used to love being it because I was always kind of the faster guy on the playground. And so I could usually catch pretty much any kid that I decided to go after and chase. But you know and I know there was always that one kid that we could never catch. That kid that, man, I'm talking about he was so quick and shifty, he would make you miss in a phone booth. He was that good. And I know some kids right now, you're, you're, you're asking your mom, Mommy, what's a phone booth? Google it, kid. Yeah. But here's my point. That guy literally could only get caught if and when he wanted to get caught. I say that to say somebody watching today, you literally been playing it with Jesus. And here's the deal. Even though Jesus has always been pursuing you, he's always been pursuing us. Uh, for whatever reason, you've been shaking and baking and faking and running from him as fast as you can. And yes, maybe there were seasons in your life where he actually caught you. Like that season of life when you were growing up and you didn't have a choice but to go to church every Sunday. Or maybe when you were sick and trapped in a hospital bed or confined like CJ talked about behind bars. Or maybe uh, he caught you uh, when he shut the whole planet down during a global pandemic, forcing you to be still. But see, the temptation and the problem with that is, everybody, that once he lets go, you know, like once you get old enough to where you can make your own decisions or you get healthy enough to leave that hospital bed or you get that ruling that you're going to be released from prison. And once we get the green light to return to life as we once knew it, once this global pandemic has passed because you do know this too will pass. The temptation is, everybody, that we'll run away again and go do life the way we've always done it, doing our own thing. Live our own lives again apart from Jesus. I believe Jesus' hope for us this resurrection weekend is that on the day that we hear his voice, everybody, that we would not harden 
our heart and run away, but that we would literally run to our Father who has always been running toward us. And if you do that today, everybody, I promise you, he won't hide from you because God promises in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13, he says that when you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yet when you get serious about finding me and you want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. Will you pray with me? Father, I pray this resurrection weekend, Lord, that we would receive what you did for us when you died on the cross and rose again on the third day for our sin. And that because of that, we would not hear this message today and run away from you, but we're one towards you. And I pray, God, that we would discover that when we seek you, when we run to you, we'll find you because you've always been running toward us. Thank you for your great love. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us. Just a reminder to stay connected with us throughout the week at centralwire.com or on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for being with us and have a great week.